joined Quizlet back two years ago. The company was created in 2006, has since grown to helping over 30 million students on a monthly active basis. That students and teachers really learn, educate themselves, even folks that are out of the field, or sorry, they're in the field already out of school, uh, helping them. They've got folks paying, students paying, uh, call it 20 bucks a year, teachers paying 35 bucks a year. Sounds like they've passed about uh, well north of a million customers paying 100, over 100% year over year growth. A team of 100 people in San Francisco and about 32 million dollars raised this is the top entrepreneurs podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn each episode features revenue numbers customer counts and other insider information that creates business news headlines we went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million they had no money when they started the company it was 160 million dollars which is the size of many ipos we're bootstrapped we have like 22,000 customers with over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Matthew Glatzbach. He is the CEO of a company called Quizlet. He joined the company 12 years ago at Google, where he was most recently VP of product management at YouTube. Before YouTube, he was on the founding team of Google Apps. Matthew studied mechanical engineering at Cornell and grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Matthew, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready, Nathan. Great to see you. Good to be with you. All right. I want to know what Quizlet offered you to get you to give up the big gig at Google. How'd that work? Uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest part of it was the opportunity to have a global impact on the way people learn. Uh, so, you know, I, I loved my time at Google, you know, had a lot of success first building Google apps and then, uh, spent five years at YouTube and doing some great things there. But, uh, the opportunity at Quizlet as the largest consumer learning platform was, you know, really the opportunity to fundamentally change the way people learn. And, uh, it was just too good an offer to pass up. So tell me more about that. What, give me an example of a customer or consumer that uses you guys pretty regularly. Sure. So Quizlet is now used by over uh, half of U.S. college students and two thirds of U.S. high school students. So we're literally used by almost everybody who's uh, who's learning something. And the the magic and the beauty of Quizlet is it's it's all user generated content. So whatever it is you're trying to learn, you can use Quizlet in conjunction with that. So specific examples, let's say you're a uh, high school biology student studying for the AP biology test. You can use Quizlet to help you study. Uh, let's say you're, uh, you know, you got a part-time job working at a grocery store. You can use Quizlet to learn all the vegetable codes at the, uh, at the, at the checkout. You know, uh, I was just talking to a, uh, 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 somebody who graduated from West Point and he said, Oh yeah, I use Quizlet all the time. I said, Oh, what for? He said, I've, I've been learning Farsi, uh, as, uh, as part of my training. So you can literally use it for anything. And so I just sign up to work the cashier's desk at target. I want to memorize the code for bananas. Cause I feel like everyone gets bananas and I hate opening the little booklet to do it every time. Like, why would I go home that night, log on to Quizlet and like input these codes versus just using my, my healthy little flashcard there on the cashier stand? Well, the first thing is uh, there's a high likelihood in that example that you don't have to go in and enter it because somebody already has. So Quizlet has amassed over 300 million study sets of content ranging from everything from the the banana codes for Target to uh, 4011, by the way. There you go. 4011. Uh, Organic is 4012. Uh, all the way to you know organic chemistry or anatomy and physiology or or anything in between. And so, um, number one, you don't have to do the work. Somebody's probably already done it for you. Number two, though, is 
Quizlet really helps you learn that information in the most effective and most efficient way possible. So flashcards are a great model. That's actually how Quizlet started out is basically digital flashcards. But then we've grown from there where, you know, for instance, you're not just learning bananas, you're learning all 427 vegetable and fruit codes the target has. And we're going to help you spend the time on the ones you need more time on. We're going to bring back, you know, bananas. You, you know that one pretty well, obviously. So once we know that you've mastered it, we'll put it to the side and revisit it less often. And we're also going to create different types of learning activities, different types of games, different question types. And we'll do that automatically in the background to give you the most optimal path to learning that information. Yeah, I was very close to Virginia Tech with the guys that created Koofers. And I remember them launching a flashcard app to basically help people. And they just, they could never get... Uh, like the network effect, the velocity to kind of take off. What have you done to make that work? The flywheel get you spinning? Yeah. So Quizlet has been around for over a decade now, actually going on 12 years. And all of the growth has been really organic and viral. And, And there's basically two things that have happened there. One is word of mouth sharing. So, you know, you, me, and 25 of our closest friends are sitting in the same lecture hall at university or sitting in the same, uh, you know, high school class. And, Let's say you're that diligent student. You're, you know, you're studying for the test two weeks ahead of time. I'm that kind of slacker crammer that that goes the night before. Your Quizlet content is perfect for me. It's exactly why I need to study because we're taking the same test. Can I sell it to you? But I was the guy that would take the notes and then sell the notes. Can I sell those to you? Not yet, but that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> um, so, so you get that viral word of mouth spread. In fact, we hear all the time, especially in kind of elementary school, middle school, high school classrooms, that teachers will oftentimes hear about Quizlet from one of their students and then share that with the rest of the class. They'll say, oh, you know, Sally has created the Quizlet set for next week's quiz. Here's a link to it so everybody can study. It's the equivalent to like bottoms up in enterprise sales. That's exactly right. Um, And then the other effect that we have is we've amassed this really rich, high quality set of spam free educational content. So you know, when you do a search for that content, you're, you know, you're that uh, back to me the night before the test going, oh, I need to learn that AP biology stuff. I do a search on Google and Quizlet shows up number one or number two. And I click through and wow, that's exactly what I need to study. And I dive right in. So a combination of that viral word of mouth sharing as well as SEO has really driven us to uh, to the point that we're at now. Okay. So this is all great, but we haven't talked about one big thing. And that office behind you is not free in San Francisco. How do you make money? So it's a freemium business model. Uh, so the vast majority of our users use the product for free uh, and have a great product experience. We have an ads model to help offset the costs of that for the free users. And then we have subscription products that are very low price subscriptions for both students and teachers that upgrade you into more features. So uh, our Quizlet Plus product, which is our most popular student product, is $20 a year. That's a year, not a month. So less than $2 a month. And with that, you get more advanced features. Obviously, you get ads free, you get offline on our mobile apps, but you also get some advanced creation features that allow you to create and customize the content a little bit more towards you. And then we also have a teacher offering that's $35 a year that includes all of those features and gives the teachers some additional uh, statistics tracking and and allows them to organize their students into classes and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you joined, so the company founded in 12 years ago, you said, I think in 2006, you joined, you said two years ago. That's correct. Yeah. I joined in early 2016. Okay. And what have you guys scaled to in terms of total kind of students and teachers using you on a paid account? I think you said 5 million or sorry, you said half of college students. 
Yeah, so we're now over 30 million users using us, uh, actively studying on the platform on a monthly basis, and that number is growing rapidly, you know, 50% plus year on year. Uh, And we're seeing a lot of expansion internationally. So Quizlet's been around the U.S. and and has been used throughout the U.S. and grown virally. And just, you know, really when I started on, we started pushing for international expansion. So we've localized the product into 19 different languages at this point and now making it available globally. And so we're seeing triple-digit growth outside the U.S., um, you know, for example, uh, last year in Brazil, we saw 350% year on year growth, uh, as we made the product available in Portuguese and started doing some marketing there. So we're really seeing pretty rapid user adoption. Yep. And then look back in 2009, there are many reports. My research team is so good, but Dave was talking about, Hey, look, we're in the millions of revenue at this point. I mean, can you generally sense, uh, can you give, give me a general sense of where you're at now in terms of total customers using the platform? So we don't disclose uh, we don't disclose our financials, obviously, as a private company. But what I can tell you is we're focused on growing both the free user base and the revenue side equally. You know, we I very much believe in building a, a strong, healthy business that's financially viable and sustainable. And so we're doing really well on that front. We're seeing triple digit uh, year over year revenue growth. OK, so just to be clear, you're doing north of 100 percent year over year growth in terms of revenue. That's correct. OK, great. And then a funding history. How much have you raised to date? So we've raised 32 million uh, in venture funding to date. We did our first round of funding in the fall of 2015, and that was led by uh, Costa Noa Ventures and Union Square Ventures. Uh, we raised 12 million, and then uh, the beginning of this year, in January of 2018, uh, we raised another 20 million. That was led by Icon Ventures. And 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 why? Why? I mean, I know once you're on the, you're either kind of stay bootstrapped and do bootstrap, but once you're on the train, you have to kind of keep raising. So maybe why is a bad question, but why raise another 20 million? Well, so it was really to go after the opportunity, right? The opportunity is so massive and we've, we've amassed this very large user base, this massive content base, which are two key assets. But then third is we have more study data on how real people are studying and learning than anyone else on the planet, right? We do over a billion learning transactions per week. And so a learning transaction is I ask you a question you give Quizlet asks you a question, you give Quizlet an answer, and then Quizlet gives you feedback. So we've got literally billions and billions of data points on how people learn, what the most effective and efficient paths are. And so where we're really directing our efforts going forward, and and the reason we we push to raise some additional funding to scale the efforts, obviously the international expansion that I talked about, but then also really building up our, our data science and machine learning capabilities to create uh, this AI-based tutor. And so what we're, the, the longer-term vision of what we're doing is taking all of that data in this great user platform and building an AI-based tutor that will help anyone learn anything. Mm-hmm. What's your team size today? So we're a little over 100 people uh, here in, uh, mostly here in SF with a few, mm-hmm. uh, a few folks scattered, uh, scattered around. And that's been growing pretty significantly. When I started, the company was right around 30 or so people. Uh, so we've more than tripled the team in the last two years. It triple the expenses. That means triple the growth, hopefully, too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to know something because I remember, again, when I was close to the Cooper guy, Cooper's guys, they always had this issue. Usually when you have a success metric, you want that to drive wallet expansion in a user, not the, the you know, the finality of them using your product. Uh, when I'm studying from my AP biology test and I study you and I pass and then I graduate and move on, right, or go get a job, et cetera, you then essentially have to convince me that you've got content for me and whatever that job is that I can learn, et cetera, or I potentially churn. So tell me about your current churn and how you think about these open hooks to drive me into the next round of learning. 
Sure. Um, you know, and this is where I think we've got a lot of tailwind because the way the world is going, uh, you know, we used to be in a world where you went to school, you know, well, frankly, you know, our parents' generation, you went to school for 12 years, you had a high school diploma, you were set. That was a great middle-class job. You were set for the rest of your, your life. You might do some on-the-job training here and there. You know, our generation, it was four-year college or graduate school, right? So you go to school, you get a diploma, now you're good to go. You know, my kids' generation, you know, they're, uh, I've, I have two daughters, 11 and 13, and I tell them, yeah, you, you've got it harder than I do because we're moving into a world where learning is becoming both unbundled and continuous. So you're constantly learning, right? That four-year degree probably serves you for the next year or two, and you've got to be continuously learning new skills. Is this so reflecting we, itself, though, in your number? I'm curious if it actually reflects itself in your numbers, though. It, it absolutely is. You know, we've okay. been around long enough now that we can see cohorts and we can look at users who you know, signed up and first started using Quizlet in sixth grade. And then when they graduate, graduated into high school, they took us with them. And then they use Quizlet all through high school and they go to, they go to college, they take it with them. They go to graduate school, they take it with them. They go to the professional world, whether that be, you know, more white collar type professions, you know, doctors, lawyers, nurses, et cetera, or more, you know, vocational or blue collar type professions. So we're actually watching people as they age up through Quizlet, continue to take Quizlet along. And I think that's the, that's a big differentiator between us and what I would call most ed tech companies. So I differentiate Quizlet's a consumer learning company, not an ed tech company. So if we, Matthew, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but if we, if we just look at the student cohort on the platform or teachers for a second, just the student cohort, I mean, what is annual logo churn or annual student churn in that cohort? Well, it's, so it's hard to it's hard to pin that number. I actually don't have that number uh, kind of off the off the top of my head um, because the user base is so vast and so broad. Like on an annual basis, you know, we believe that the overall churn in terms of you use this this year at least once or twice and you don't use this again next year or last year this year is very very low. But I actually don't have that number off the top of my head. Okay, that's interesting. So you you don't know the the churn or retention data off the top of your head. It's you don't you don't focus on it at all. We, we look at it on a much more granular basis. So we look at, uh, you know, our Dow over Mao, obviously. We look at how frequently you're using us on a regular basis, what that engagement looks like. Okay, and but daily active users, monthly active users, those are kind of code for, you know, freemium. What I, what I guess what I'm saying is maybe you've got good confidence in what your conversion rate is at certain activation metrics on your free users into paid. So you just ignore paid and just trust it'll happen if you focus on monthly active and daily active. No, no, not at all. Obviously, we, okay. we look at paid a lot. Uh, you know, one of the first things I did when I joined uh, the company was move from uh, the, the subscription model actually wasn't a subscription. It was a one time purchase. So we put a recurrence in place, yeah. obviously, um, you know, and saw and saw uh, renewal rates shoot up uh, through the roof. From what to you, what? Quantify that. Uh, yeah, we don't. Sorry, we don't disclose the specifics of the financials, but I can just say it was a it was a very large jump. Okay, um, it's hard for you know, it's hard for me to say, guys. Listen, li- listen to what he's saying though. If we can't quantify this, right? No, no, I, I hear you. But uh, my, my advice to uh, to your to your viewers, to your listeners, would be: you definitely need to know those metrics. You need to look at your uh, your you know at every step in the funnel. So we look at. Uh, a free user who comes to us in a logged out state. So a lot of users first discover us, as I said, through SEO or through some a friend sharing a link. And we actually give them a great preview experience logged out. Then we look at conversion to logged in. So now we know who you are. Then we look at activation. And what we call activation is 
okay, you've used the product once or you've used us to study one thing. How do we become part of your regular study habits? And then we look at active from an active user to a paid user. And we don't actually try to, you know, I think an important point is understanding your cohorts of users. We don't try to monetize elementary school kids. Like my goal isn't to try to get $20 out of of course greater. Um, but we look at them through that life cycle and say, okay, as we, as you progress with us, you know, when you're moving into from your sophomore year in high school into your junior year of high school, that's a really big turning point. When you go to college, you just raise the stakes, right? When you're in graduate school, it's a whole different ball game than when you're an undergrad. So we look at the life cycle and we understand each of those different types of users and take different tactics in terms of monetization. When do you think you pass called a million paid students and teachers on the platform? When, when did we? Oh, did you do you, or is that like an upcoming goal? Um, I, again, probably don't, can't, uh, can't disclose the financial side. What, what's your, so I'm going to assume based off what you just said, you're, you're past a million at this point. I mean, what is the, when you guys look at the paid engine you guys are building, what I know you're going to say it's activation. It's just focus on a good product, but what, what's the goal when you have board meetings, you're saying, Hey, is it a financial goal? Is it just a, a quantity of user goal? Is it expand ARPU goal? Well, what's the kind of revenue side goal? We, we have three goals that we look at and we treat them, you know, it's a, it's a three-legged stool that you need to keep in balance. So there's obviously a revenue goal because that's around sustainability and, and drives our growth, right? The way in terms of the growth of the company. Um, I always tell my team that, you know, we need to be a profitable, sustainable business so that we can reinvest in the mission and really fundamentally change global learning. You're not profitable so though now today, are you? Pardon me? You're not profitable today. I'd be shocked because you just raised so much money. Uh, again, don't, uh, we don't disclose the financials. Okay. Um, so we've got a revenue goal. But Matt, hold got- on, just to be clear, hold on. There's, you couldn't point out a company in history. I don't think that just raised $20 million and, and they just sit on it and do nothing with it. I mean, you take dilution for that. You better be spending it, which means you're not going to be not profitable. Sure. I, okay. I, I know some, I know some that have really, uh, um, so we've got a revenue goal. We've got a overall total active user goal. So we look at 28 day active users, which is basically, have you been active in the last four weeks? Uh, so we look at that as an overall growth metric on how many people are we impacting. And then as we talked earlier, we look at an engagement goal of like, how frequently are you using us? So it's great if you come and use us once, but if you use us twice in a month, that's even better. And if you use us, you know, twice a week, that's even better. And we know, we know how those goals interrelate. So we understand pretty well how, as you become more active, again, depending on which user cohort you're in, what your likelihood to buy is. And we also know, you know, our free users make us money as well uh, off of ads. So we actually have a pretty good understanding of the value of a free user based on their activity. Yep. Makes good sense. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what is your favorite business book? So, I read a lot of business books, but given the field I'm in, I also read a lot of education books, which is my business. Uh, and so one of my favorites that I read recently was a book called How We Learn, The Surprising Truth About When, Where, and Why It Happens. It's by a New York Times author named Benedict Carey, and I think it's an excellent survey course on, on how people learn. I'd re- highly recommend it. And number two, Matthew, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? There's not really one in particular. My, my view is I try to stay up to speed on kind of everything that's going on. And I'm very much a believer on take, take the best. And I, I can learn a lot from it. I, uh, I kind of try and take more of the survey course of, uh, of a lot of different things. Now, I will say a uh, good personal friend of mine is the CEO of a company called SendGrid, which recently went public. His name is Samir Delakia. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And so uh, he's somebody I, I, I follow uh, closely as a friend and, and seek advice from. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? 
Uh, I'd say uh, G Suite, uh, formerly known as Google Apps now, like I said, a, I was gonna say, a little bias. <laughs> I fully admit the bias, but uh, it's, a, it's a set of products that I use literally continuously, both in my professional and personal life and can't imagine a world without it. So number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, the goal is seven, uh, but, uh, you know, too often it's closer to six, but oh. the, the target is seven. And uh, what's your situation? Married, single kiddos. I know you got two kiddos. Married with, uh, with two kids. Yeah. Yeah. And how old are you? Uh, how old am I? 43. 43. Okay. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? You know, I was thinking about this, um, recently because I asked somebody else, uh, are you familiar with the, the, the concept of growth mindset by Carol Dweck? I haven't um, studied Carol. No. Uh, so there's a, there's a great, uh, uh, psychologist, uh, based out of Stanford named Carol Dweck. She wrote a book probably about 10 years ago called growth mindset. And it's all about the, the notion of, of understanding how we master things and that, you know, your, your abilities and your skills aren't fixed. They're actually malleable and that struggle, you know, struggle and challenge is actually that path to mastery. And I wish, I'd love to say that I, I knew that all along and I've always been that way, but I read that book probably right, right about when it came out about 10 years ago. And it, it really was game changing for me, changed my perspective on life. I wish, I wish I would have, I wish it would have been out when I was 20. Guys, there you have it. Always have a growth mindset. The struggle is what helps push that stuff forward. All your skills are very malleable and you can improve them from Matthew. Again, joined Quizlet back two years ago. The company was created in 2006, has since grown to helping over 30 million students on a monthly active basis. That's students and teachers really learn, educate themselves, even folks that are out of the field or sorry, they're in the field already out of school, uh, helping them. They've got folks paying students paying, uh, call it 20 bucks a year, teachers paying 35 bucks a year. Sounds like they've passed about uh, well north of a million customers paying over hundred percent year over year growth, a team of a hundred people in San Francisco and about $32 million raised. Matthew, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan.